Lecture Topic Isla and Taskiyah Session 1 Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem Amma ba'd In these gatherings generally this has been the tartib that we have been reading some of the malfuzat of Allah Kabir and as previously explained also that the purpose of regularly referring to these malfuzat reading from them this is not just because they have some kind of fancy things to say the crux of shariat is presented by them in sometimes just few words because of their deep understanding of the essence of the Quran Sharif, of the essence of the Sunnah. So the practical implementation of this and the essence of it is presented sometimes in just a line. That one line, if one has to analyze it, it will be the summary of so many ahadith. So many lessons of the ahadith will be summarized in that one line. Obviously, it's just a an indication the ilaj that is given sometimes to certain maladies because this is the whole purpose the purpose is this Islah reformation Islah is not something uh, just as a theory something to just learn as some kind of curriculum some subject matter Islah is all to do with the personal rectification in fact, Islam is not even wazaif. It's not even tasbihat and zikr. It is not to be misunderstood. It's not being in any way said that this is not necessary. It's very necessary. But that itself is not Islam. That is a means to Islam. It's an aid and an assistance to a person's Islam. Sometimes, let alone Tasbihat and wazaif Person becomes very punctual with even tahajjud salah MashaAllah, excellent Let alone being punctual with his five daily salah with jama'ah In the first of With takbir ula Which is all tremendously great Very important And every person should try his best to Try and achieve this That every salah is performed with takbir ula We learn about our pious predecessors of staff what kind of istiqamat they had on this Sa'id ibn Musayyab rahimahullah he says 20 years passed in this way that he did not see the back of any musalli in salah this was a way of expressing it that he was always in the first half and for 40 years something of this nature 40 years he never heard the azan outside the masjid. Meaning before the azan he was always inside the masjid. So now this kind of istiqamat in our lives of our kabir, the Gangoi Rahmatullah 22 years after one day something happened, he missed his one. Somebody saw him in a very state of extreme grief. What happened? Due to something that was beyond his control, he missed his takbir ula after 22 years. Now this plunged him into such grief. So these are things to be achieved, these are things to be worked for. 
But if a person, mashallah, got all this in place, so it's excellent. And let alone the faraiz with takbir he's also making a lot of nawafil, he's also up for tahajjud without fail. But this itself is not Islam yet. Until such time that together with all this, not that this has to be decreased in any way, in fact this must still be increased. But together with all this, the person's akhlaq is rectified, his eyes are rectified, his ears are rectified, meaning he's not now engaging in haram, his tongue is in order, he's not speaking haram, his heart and mind have been cleansed, he's not harboring malice, jealousy, ill feeling. Now these are all parts of that Islam. Islam is not a theory, it's something practical, it's something that pertains to a person's very essence, his heart and soul. So now, this Islam requires ilaj, it requires treatment, treatment for the various maladies. Many a times, people understand Islam to mean that a person has got some taluk with somebody, so now the taluk should be maintained, how it should be maintained, that if a person sees some nice dream, then he must try and ask for the interpretation of the dream, and then if he, some child has been born, so he must ask for the name of the child, and together with that maybe once in a while ask for some dua, because now something is not in order. That is the sum total of that taluk. Whereas the taluk for Islam is, that a person spells out what are the problems in life and ask for remedies how to overcome these problems. Sometimes in that process of Islam we become selective. The things that will try to promote ourselves in the eye of somebody that this mashallah this person maybe has already reached some very high maqam. Now if I'm going to present some of my weaknesses then how, how will I appear? The whole idea of Islam is to make ourselves appear correct in Allah Ta'ala's court. Not just the appearance, that in reality we appear correct in Allah Ta'ala's court. Dunya, insan, what are we going to appear in the presence of insan as such? So, coming back to where we started off from, that these, this requirement of Islam requires ilaj, treatment. And in the lives of these Akabir, the experience that they had, the expertise Allah Ta'ala blessed them with, the insight that they were blessed with, that Basirat, they would sometimes remedy very complicated things in one line. So somebody came to them with sincere talab, some, somebody came to them with that thirst and wanting to correct himself, wanting to rectify himself. Now the person presents some very complicated issue. To us it might not have been seeming complicated, but in the light of Shariat, it's a very major problem. But the person came with Talab, they gave him that ilaj, he accepted it, and that mashallah sorted everything out. The Tabi Rahmatullah, one person came and he expressed his problem with anger. It's a very common story. Anger, person doesn't know how to restrain his anger. And anger is not just a matter of that a person now 
well, doesn't have any control over his tongue, for example, now during anger, starts blurting all kinds of things, or starts, because of that anger, now he's messaging all kinds of things. It goes deeper than that. Anger gives rise to malice. When a person has this anger, now he can't seem to vent it. One is he could vent it, now somebody was in front of him, he vented it, said something to the person, or took physical action, Sometimes he can't do all that because now person is senior to him or the person is stronger than him or he fears the consequences of doing this. So now this starts turning into malice in the heart. And now when this malice comes in the heart, that malice, Allah forbid what not it will make a person do. And he starts destroying a person's deen, that starts destroying his dunya also. This malice can take a person to what not? That malice will now incite ghibat. Whoever he gets the opportunity, he'll make ghibat. And if there isn't sufficient things to make ghibat about, he'll add things from his side too. If what he wants to speak about, which is ghibat, is already haram, but you not know, sounding juicy enough to turn somebody else's mind against the person, so now he'll add another, that will become now bohtan. Ghibat was already bad enough, it will become bohtan now also. Now where this started off from? From the anger. The anger gave rise to the malice. And the malice now is bringing this ghibat. The malice is now making this bohtan take place. So one thing after the other, where it started off from? From the anger. So now this person came to the Rahmatullah He came with talab, he wanted to learn, he wanted to take this ilaj. I asked him, what do I do now? I got this anger problem. He said, okay, whenever you have vented your anger on anybody, you make sure you give him one hadiyah. And it will be more effective if that hadiyah is something small. Outwardly, where does this fit in now? I must give somebody hadiyah. Every time he vented the anger, we give the person hadiyah. person in a short while says, alhamdulillah, everything came right. Now, how did this come right? Where did this turn out from? Now, number one, in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, Tahadaw tahabbu. Give one another hadiyah, this will create muhabbat. So now, maybe the first time round he gave that hadiyah, he just gave it out of just, well, now I have to report back now, so I just rather give it, get it done with. So now, maybe he gave it also, gave it with a frown. I just have to give you this, because I have to go and report. But now the second time, the third time, gradually, it started being given with the right intention. Now already, if that muhabbat is going to be created, that anger will automatically start subsiding. Where there is a lack of that muhabbat, that anger gets incited on even minor things. Very trivial things. And where there is that muhabbat, there is that understanding, there is that good feeling, then many big things get digested easily. Many major issues, a person somehow has that ability to tolerate it. And if it is the other side of things, there isn't this muhabbat, then the slightest thing becomes provoking. So now this muhabbat, this hadiyah, started creating muhabbat, that created that anger to subside. Then the second thing in that is, that now every time he's giving some hadiyah, 
he starts feeling something also now that something I did was wrong, therefore now I have to now make amends. Otherwise a person keeps venting anger and thinks nothing about it. He keeps venting that anger and he even feels that, well, sometimes a person would justify himself. When somebody complains now that I'm the, I bear the brunt of this person's anger all the time, he says, no, you deserve every bit of it. So in fact, what, what you're getting is still not the full dose, it's still some more coming. Now to appease oneself, but now every time the person, because he's serious about his Islam, so he took the ilaj, he took the remedy, he took the treatment, and now he's applying it. Outwardly there seems to be no link between these two things. What he came for and what he's been told to do, to us who didn't have that understanding of it, where's the link between this and that? But in their experience, in their insights, in their deep understanding, in the expertise that Allah Ta'ala blessed them with, they see the link and they see the effect. So now they prescribed it. Now this person, mashallah, took it to heart and he started practicing on it. That's the key aspect. That a person practices on it, not just once, twice and forgot about it, but this is like an antibiotic cause. The doctor prescribes an antibiotic, so the very emphasized message that comes along with it, make sure you complete the cause. Don't leave it halfway. Because it's a process. Over time, this starts having its full effect. If you just do it a few times, it's not going to have its full effect. So likewise, this is a process. That over time, and you will keep updating and reporting, and this will in time then start bringing that deeper effect. Now this is what this Islam is all about. This inner rectification. The ilaj a person takes, he applies it, now he's practicing upon it, now he'll find inshallah this will. One person came to the Tamir he says, I got this problem of lying. I will lie about anything and everything. Allah forbid this becomes a very severe malady. Person sometimes just speaks some lie one time, two times, then it starts becoming a habit. Then one is now he was speaking lies in order to, so to say, get out of some trouble, which is bad enough, because it's still a lie, and it's still haram, it's a sin. Hadith Sharif, it comes, a person lies, the malaika flee from him to the extent of one mile, the malaika of rahmat, because of the stench that comes due to that lie. Now, insan cannot perceive that stench, but the malaika perceive it, because they are a very... Uh, they are a creation from light. So all these very sensitive things which don't have any... Insan can't perceive it, they perceive it. So now that stench and odor is so terrible that they cannot bear it. So the, to the extent of one mile away, so the malaika of Rahmat are gone so far from him. So now the shayateen get full hold of him. Because the malaika of Rahmat are so far away. So now the person starts becoming a habitual liar. And then the problem with lying is that one is lying is haram to start off with, it's a sin. But then the problem becomes that in order, because a lie can't remain forever something that a person gets away with, it starts getting known somehow that this is not sounding right. There's some problem with this. So now to quickly cover up for that, because he sees now that this is something that needs to be patched up now because something will get exposed here. Now to start off with is a lie. You've got to get patched up with another lie. So 
So now that one lie got patched up with another lie. So one lie had to be spoken to cover up for another lie. So that's one haram. For that haram you have to create another haram. This becomes a cycle. Therefore in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Wasallam describes, وَإِنَّ الرَّجُلَ لَيَكْذِبُ حَتَّى يُكْتَبَ إِنَّ اللَّهِ كَذَّابًا person lies and carries on lying, carries on lying and this escalates he gets recorded in the books by Allah Ta'ala that this person is a true and true liar Kazab. so now this person came, he said I got this habit of lying so now he wants ilaj, he wants a treatment so I said to him, well the treatment for that is now a person when he lies, now because of that force of habit, because he's created that bad habit, so without even thinking he will end up saying something. Before he gives it any thought, he already lied. And now he will start realizing after the event, that what did I do now? I committed myself not to lie, but I did it again. So now that becomes a problem now, because he's already now created that bad habit. So now how to break this? how to break the cycle so I told him fine what you do is every time that you speak a lie now you spoke it already without thinking you blurted it and you already said it but you realize now after one minute after one hour but you realize it now that I what I did was wrong it will come to mind it will come immediately almost so then in that same gathering that you spoke that lie you go and confess that look what I said was a lie after all, treatment is treatment. Sometimes the treatment is, the ailment is such that maybe some painkillers might work. But sometimes painkillers are not enough, it needs an injection. And sometimes injection is not enough too, it needs an operation. Now this is not anything short of an operation. That to go in the presence of people, now there were four or five people there, all were regarding him, hey, this person, mashallah, he seems to have been flying high, what, what story is he talking about? Now after five minutes must come and say that all that was lies. So now as high as they thought he was, they'll finish off thinking about how low he is now. Now that's the operation but. That you go in that gathering, that you lied, or to the person who you lied to, and you confess. What I told you was a lie. Now he'll end up having slipped up somewhere once, maybe twice, but very, very unlikely that he will slip up the third time. If he did this, he went and operated. He got the operation done. In that second time already, that's all that will have been operated out of him. It was no joke, no minor thing to go and confess in front of somebody who had a high regard of you now. That this person, mashallah, is like this and like that. And now to go and confess that what I said was a lie. But now the person who is concerned about the akhirat, is concerned about how we're going to stand in front of Allah on the day of Qiyamah. What is going to be the outcome on the day of Qiyamah? The Hadith Sharif where Rasulullah describes that he was taken on this Mi'raj Manami. One was the physical Mi'raj, which happened once in the Mubarak lifetime of Rasulullah the occasion when the five salah were given as a gift and apart from that there were many other occasions when he was taken on Mi'raj through a dream so one of these occasions 
Nabi Sallallahu was then shown various things of the azab of various actions. He was brought to some place, one person is lying down, another person is standing on his side and with a huge hook in his hand, he's tearing that person's cheek from the, from the mouth all the way to the ear. Can you imagine how excruciating that would be? And then he comes to the other side to tear the other cheek. And by the time he tears that other cheek, the first cheek assumes its normal shape. Then he comes back to the first end. So first he started off, for example, on the right. I came to the left. The left now he finished off, the right came right. So he went back to the right to tear that. In the meantime, the left came right. And this is carrying on. And that person, can we imagine the pain? That person screaming and shrieking. Nabi Sallallahu asked, what is all this about? Eventually, when the details were given to him, he says, this is the azab of the person who used to lie. And those lies used to spread far and wide. Now that lie spread far and wide, once upon a time, it was not so easy to understand how. It used to happen, but not so easy to understand that how those lies are going to spread far and wide. But now, at the press of a button, somebody is sitting in the same home they got it to, and somebody is sitting in another part of the world they got it to. And it was a lie but It was a lie, and just merely the person added at the bottom, forwarded as received, that didn't change the reality. It was a lie, the person who forwarded it also became a liar. Nabi Sallallahu says, Kafabil bil this much is sufficient to declare a person as a liar. It's sufficient for a person to become a liar. That he relates everything he hears. Whatever came to him, he is relating to others. Without any verification, not checking, finding out, is this true, is it a reality? And then if it's true and a reality, sometimes it's still ghibat. If it is true, but it is something ill about somebody else that is still ghibat and sometimes it's complete lie as well so now at the press of a button he ended up spreading that lie so far dozens of people in one press of a button and he is becoming the person the means of spreading that lie so now this is that azab so Nabi Wasallam explained all this how severe this is now the person who's got his Concern that I mustn't become a victim of all this on the day of Qiyamah. So it doesn't matter about the little disgrace of dunya, the disgrace of akhirat is very severe. If this little disgrace of dunya will save me from the disgrace of akhirat, then it's a very cheap bargain. So I rather tolerate this and save myself from that. So now one is, mashallah, the person made a firm commitment and came right, very good. But that's not coming right. So now this was ilaj. This was a treatment. This is an operation now. That you understand this operation will come right. So the person undertook the operation and came right. So this is the issue about the teachings of the Akavir. Allah Ta'ala had just that barkat in their teaching. That sometimes one line they gave somebody. That line was actually something deduced from so many different hadith, teachings of Nabi Wasallam, from the lives of the Sahaba Ikram. It was a deduction from all that put together, simplified, given in a capsule form. Now that capsule goes through so many processes and the ingredients and ground and put together, and then now put in that one tablet. So now that's what they do. 
They don't bring it from anywhere else. It's the same lessons derived from the Quran and Sunnah. Derived from the lives of the Sahaba Ikram. From the pious personalities of the Ummah. And they present it in that very simplified practical format. So this is why from time to time we have to read through their works, through their words. To try and understand the lessons that they have given. And apply these lessons to our day to day life. And inshallah in this way we will find major things that we are battling with, struggling with. Becomes very much more easier to get past, to overcome those issues. So this is the need that we have in order to rectify ourselves, to make this Islam, that we read through their works. So, inshallah, we will read through some of the malfuzat that are here. And in this way, inshallah, we will benefit from their teachings. <coughs> One of the malfuz that is mentioned here, اخلاقِ رزیلہ کا مختصر علاج very simple very short remedy for all the اخلاقِ رزیلہ this is the primary aspect of Islam inculcating the اخلاقِ حمیدہ the praiseworthy qualities and ridding oneself of the اخلاقِ رزیلہ all the despicable qualities اخلاقِ حمیدہ for example یقین تقوی Tawakkul, forgiveness, generosity, compassion, kindness, tawazu and humility and all the various other aspects of akhlaq and likewise on the opposite end, akhlaq razila, pride, malice, jealousy and anger, miserliness, love of the ego, love of dunya and the list is very long so all these are the things that need to be cleansed out of our hearts and the akhlaq hamida are what we are supposed to be making an effort to acquire them it says that a very simple and very easy prescription for this akhlaq razila ka mukhtasar ilaj ye hai ke ta'amul wa tahammul yani jo kaam kare soch karke kare ke shar'an jaiz hai ya nahi اور جلدی نہ کرے بلکہ تحمل سے کام کیا کرے یا اطلاع و اتباع یعنی اپنے احوال و اعمال سے شیخ کو متعلی کرتے رہے اور اس کی تجویز پر عمل کرے اس is the very simple علاج of this is that in everything whatever person does so the words that are used here so in these the Arabic language in the Urdu is lot of it is the Arabic words very very major aspects can be explained sometimes in one word that's the richness of the language this is two things ta'ammul and tahammul ta'ammul simply means to think that a person first thinks before doing anything think what? think about it in the light of is this permissible in shariat or not? if it is permissible well and good if it's not, so obviously immediately you have to stop, can't go further. Uh, he's concerned about his flower. What if somebody is not bothered about anything? Now what are we going to then say to him, you have to still start from many steps behind. To still then 
work on bringing the imani fervor in for ourselves, others. But now, mashallah, somebody has come to the point where he's concerned. Now I need to correct myself. I need to move forward. I need to make my Islam. So now, the process, number one, stop and think first. Don't just dive into anything. Many times we make decisions about things without even giving any thought to the aspect of permissibility. Maybe it might not be something to do with our ibadat, etc. But for example, there's a wedding now, there's a nikah. So now many things are just done. Because it has been done for years, ages, carrying on. And it has become customary. So these things will carry on. Now some things might be tolerable to a certain extent. And some things are not tolerable. They are outside the line of permissibility. But now because it has become a norm. So there isn't any time to stop and think about it. Is this, is, is this in order? Is it fine? Is it correct? So that's the first thing, to stop and think. Think about whether it's permissible or not. So that's the first aspect to think. And then, tahammul. Not to be hasty in anything. In doing it also. Thought about it first. Don't just dive into something. After thinking about it, give it some time. Now you realize, okay, now this is fine. Number one is permissible. And how I want to go about it also is okay, it's fine. And it's not going to cause any difficulty or taklif to anybody, to myself. It might be something permissible, but he's taking it on in a way that's going to become a difficulty upon him. It's not going to be manageable. So now without thinking, he dived into it. And without any giving it time to settle in his heart and mind and understand the consequences and the repercussions, just a headlong. Now there's a problem. Now sometimes a person thinks and he can think but he doesn't have that knowledge to come to the correct conclusion. To come to the correct conclusion that is this permissible or not requires knowledge. So if the person doesn't have that knowledge, he has that knowledge then it's ta'ammul and ta'ammul. But he doesn't have that knowledge then it is ittila and ittiba. Then he must inform, and in that informing, he's going to be inquiring. So this is what I am planning to do. So in informing, that will be an inquiry at the same time. And then when he gets the response that this is not permissible, for example, so then he must make ittiba, he must then comply with that. So this too will become the means of that Islam. The purpose is to get to the end point, to the destination. So one route and one road that leads to it is ta'ammul and ta'ammul but that road is for the person who has that knowledge. But now to make that knowledge translated into practicality let the first thing. Otherwise he'll first do it and then he'll realize what he did was wrong. But he doesn't have that knowledge. He's not a person that can drive on that road. Then there's another road for him. Getting to the same destination. The road of ittila and ittiba. Informing and then complying. Complying whatever the prescription was. This is the simple way in which a person moves forward in life. Another malfuz that Hazrat mentions here. These malfuzat are not something 
confined to any particular topic. The topics range from the most simple and basic aspects to the most complicated things. And every department of deen, whether it's mu'amalat, mu'asharat, akhlaq, whatever it might be, the purpose is, and this is unfortunately sometimes the issue, that many of these aspects pertaining to mu'amalat, mu'asharat, or social life, or monetary dealings, it's not even regarded as something part of deen. Whereas it's all essential for a person's progress in deen, that all these things have to be attended to. So Islam of Mu'amalat, Islam of Mu'asharat, Islam of Akhlaq. So here there's one topic that's here, Garelu Fasadat Se Bachne Ki Tadbir. What is the method of being safe from these domestic issues? The problems that ensue within homes. So now there's various different angles to these domestic issues. So one particular aspect that is being mentioned here, کہ فرمایا کہ خانگی مفسدات سے بچنے کی ایک عمدہ تدبیر یہ ہے کہ چند خاندان ایک گھر میں کھٹے نہ رہا کرے چونکہ چند عورتوں کا ایک مکان میں رہنا ہی زیادہ فساد کا سبب ہے دس از ٹچنگ ایٹ اے ویری ویری سینسٹو ایشو دیٹ ون آف دی ویری گریٹ مینس of saving oneself from a lot of domestic issues, problems in homes, quarrels and disputes and arguments and fights and whatever else then happens from there, is that few families should not end up living under the same roof. Now this manner of few families has different ways. Sometimes it might be a situation of now the extended family now, several brothers are living in the, under the same roof now with their families. Now there's certain common things now that everybody has to share. Or it might be sometimes now parents have got their own children married. Sometimes circumstances don't leave any option but that. But where the options are available, where it's possible, so this is what Hazrat is explaining. Now that child got married, put him into his own space. And then the reason, one of the reasons that is being explained, why this is necessary, the reason is sometimes very, very unpalatable. Many people can't digest it. Obviously we're sitting here in the masjid, but the indigestion is at home. So they're saying that it's very difficult for several women to live together in one, under one roof. Very difficult. So it's not impossible. Some have done it, mashallah. But you don't go by the exceptions. You don't make a rule of the exceptions. If 25-30% manage to do it well, that's 25-30% is still the exception. The 70% is the problem. So now that should be the basis to make the call. Now everybody feels I'm part of the 25-30%, but then later on they realize they're part of the 70%. Sometimes by that time the damage is too deep. As mentioned, sometimes the options are not available. The circumstances are such that those options are not available. So then something has to be now obviously worked around. But this can work very easily where everybody 
who has to interact with one another now this is very intense interaction one is interaction now with some person in the extended family etc so once in a while you're going to be, end up meeting the person or even if somebody you have to interact with them daily for an hour or two so that too is a bit intense in a way but here now under the same roof this is now a daily thing whole day every day so this is interaction of a very intense level so who can manage this very well when all parties understand akhlaq and all parties want to adopt the best akhlaq everybody is insan everybody is weak everybody has their weaknesses and everybody will falter from time to time but everybody's aspiration is i want to adopt the best akhlaq now being insan we're going to falter it's going to happen we are not of that caliber like the great highest people let alone the sahaba ikram and the awliya we are not even anywhere close to the highest people of the zamana so when we are not anywhere close to their caliber we are insan very weak insan so we're going to falter but there is that aspiration and there is that effort that i want to get there so now what will happen now when i falter if that aspiration is there that i want to get there then i will immediately want to rectify it also that i made a mistake need to sort this out now i can't let this fester but if that's not the aspiration then after faltering it will be how to try and make myself look right i also realized already that i my mistake this is i i tripped up here i slipped up that realization came also only sometimes even the realization didn't come to me but very often and more often than not the person who makes some blunder he realizes his blunder too but because that aspiration for the best akhlaq is not there and sometimes not even that understanding of what akhlaq is all about so now what next how can i ever admit that i made a mistake that's now beyond me how can i ever think about it too but then the blunder happened so now i have to cover up so now to cover up what will happen now anything then becomes legitimate for me to cover up but now sometime to cover up i'm going to have to really drop somebody else down because without that i'm not going to be able to cover up i'm going to become in i'll be in deep trouble so now to how to divert that trouble because i made the blunder now i'm going to have to lie and drop somebody else down but now because i have the gift of the gab maybe so now i will lie and lie in such a way that somebody else now that parent that in-law that grandparent whoever it might be they'll be convinced about what i'm saying but now together with all that please don't tell that person i said anything so now i already put the seal on that too don't tell him i said anything but i planted all the seeds of hatred for that person now now that's going to surface somewhere it's not going to remain forever so somewhere something will come out now when that something comes out it's going to come out and bring a reaction and then i'm going to now again react to that that no no this is not the case way it finishes off allah taala protect us and allah save us these are not things that require any elaboration 
where not things end up with. So what was the root cause? Number one, there was no understanding of akhlaq to start off with. No aspiration to adopt the best akhlaq. If that aspiration is there, number one, that blunder happened, the realization will come. It will come sooner or later. But now because the person wants to adopt the good akhlaq, so now it will ring in the mind, look whatever happened, happened, but tawazu and humility has always won the day. If I go and apologize, I'm going to lose nothing. My mistake, by apologizing, by asking for forgiveness, is not going to take anything away from me. Yes, it might be like now I made myself small, but making oneself small is nothing small, it's just in the imagination. Nobody becomes small by apologizing. Nobody becomes small by asking for forgiveness. And this is by the promise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ma, uh, the Hadith Sharif Nabi sallallahu says that وَمَا تَوَادَعَ أَحَدٌ لِلَّهِ إِلَّا رَفَعَهُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ That the person who humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala. That he made a blunder. Now to go and ask for forgiveness, to go and apologize, to go and admit my fault, is not a small thing. It takes something from inside. But the person said, whatever it takes, this humility I have to adopt for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala must become pleased. So he humbled himself in front of insan. Now somebody is his junior also. That person is younger than him in age. That person may be his subordinate. The whole day he's ordering him around, giving him instructions. But now he blundered some way where he trampled the person's rights. He hurt the person in some way. So now he humbled himself for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. And he went and apologized. Nabi Islam is saying, this will never ever happen that that will drop somebody down. Because he'll get elevated in the court of Allah Ta'ala. Illa rafa'ahu Allah Azza wa Allah will elevate him in dunya also. And this has happened repeatedly. It has happened repeatedly. People who went through Sometimes things carried on for years. Then that realization came, the person heard something, read something, and it struck him. Oh, something triggered that thought that, look, whatever I did has happened already, but a lot of it was my fault. I should go and now apologize. I should go ask for forgiveness. I should go and admit my fault. The person went very hesitant, a lot of hesitation. Doesn't know what the reaction would be and how he might now what he might have to face as a result of this. But when he went and humbled himself, to his amazement, he was received in a way that he never expected. And the whole situation turned, and he became, number one, his whole heart became lighter now, because all this thing was settled, and the person started treating him with respect. Whereas he thought, now I'm going to be really run down, but he did it for Allah Ta'ala's sake. He didn't do it for any worldly purpose. He didn't do it for the sake of some kind of worldly benefits. Allah Ta'ala must become pleased. So now he went and apologized. This not once, twice, how many people's experience. This is a thing to always bear in mind. Humility has always won the day. And this is not by any... It sometimes might become apparent immediately. And it sometimes might not immediately become apparent, but what is going to win the day later, the seed was planted now. This is out of this seed that fruit came. Sometimes the fruit doesn't come instantly. That seed will germinate, and then the shoot will come, and then that 
trunk will come and then the branches will come, then the leaves will come someday and then the flowers will come, finally the fruit will come. But that fruit came from the same seed. And the person says, now what's the use of planting the seed? We want the fruit. But where's the fruit going to come without the seed? So plant the seed. You had that opportunity, plant the seed. The person reacted negatively, you planted the seed. But that seed got planted, you'll have to water it also sometimes. That will require more tawazo. So sometimes it will bring an immediate something, maybe there's some karamat barkat in that. So he put the seed and next thing the fruit was there. Sometimes it can happen. But it's not always going to be instant. But it will come. That fruit will come provided that he planted the seed correctly. He planted it with ikhlas. And he watered it with that ikhlas. From time to time now, he's watering the seed with some further, whatever manner of building the bridges. Sooner or later it will come. So in any case, this is that now, we digress from the point that we were discussing. Hazrat was talking about keeping this peace within families, within homes. So now sometimes this is just taken for granted. That is how it must work. It carries on like this. And then the problems just carry on also. But it's not that the problems just carry on. This affects a person. Forget dunya. It puts the whole dunya upside down sometimes. But all this impacts on a person's deen. Now the person performing salah, but his salah also, the same fight is happening in his salah. Now he's in sajda, instead of connecting with Allah Ta'ala, he's thinking about that person said this, hey, now I got the answer, how to silence him. Now instead of salah connecting with Allah Ta'ala, he's worried about how to silence that person. How she, what she said now, what answer to give her, and what he said, what answer to give him. Now his whole salah became a fight. He's still out of the Quran Sharif, there's no tilawat now, he's sitting there and dreaming. He's dreaming about what to tell the person now, how to reply to him, how to silence him. Because this creates this turmoil in the heart, it keeps the heart in this turmoil. And when the heart is in the turmoil, neither is any salah, there's no tilawat, there's no zikr that can happen without that fight still playing in the mind. And that too will be a ghanimat if something does take place, that tilawat does take place, that zikr does take place, otherwise the time too will be gone in the same fight in the mind. And the salah will be the same motions, he'll go through the motions, but all salah has become a fight. So now, often these, the root issues, are not taking care of these simple advices. Many a times, these things come up, so among some of the things that people are told, this is just now, by the way, something coming to mind, that now you got your child married, so you advise him, guide him, guide your daughter, guide your son, as parents, this will be a lifelong thing. It never stops. And they are in need of that direction and guidance. They need to understand that the insight that their parents have had, that they have had the experience of life that the children haven't had. And they need to understand that and respect that. But with all that, the advice that is given to guide them, advise them, don't get directly involved in everything of their lives now. Don't try to start remote controlling their lives. That now, where you went, and why are you coming this time, and why are you taking your wife here, and why are you asking your husband for this? You advise, guide, something that goes beyond the limits obviously that requires some further intervention then. But in day-to-day -day things, why was this bought this color now? 
Why you bought it from this shop, not that shop? So now that became an issue. Don't you know it's cheaper there? They pay two and more and they're happy a year living. As long as they're happy, khalas. Now, people start getting involved in every minute issue and as a result, it starts becoming cumbersome. It starts becoming cumbersome, it starts becoming first an irritation, then that irritation, when a person feels some irritation, something is itching, so he's scratching it. But as he's scratching, he's scratching more, then now he's peeling the skin. So now first it was only itching, now because he peeled the skin, it's burning also. But now that is creating a further itch now, though it's scratching even deeper, now it's bleeding. And now after it started bleeding, the infection set in. Now it became septic. And now it's going to require major treatment. So now first the small small things and every small thing, it becomes a, like an irritation. But now that irritation starts growing, now it's going to start peeling the skin. Then it's going to start burning. And Allah forbid after burning, some days will start becoming septic. And then it starts becoming septic, then things all go in a different direction. So, this all ensues out of this intense interaction without understanding akhlaq. Without understanding, now part of akhlaq, one part of akhlaq is how to deal with the right manner with others. And another part of akhlaq is how to manage people's wrong behavior. Both this is part of akhlaq. It's perhaps the malfoos of Hazrat Hassan Basri, one of the other great personalities. He says that good neighborliness is two things. Good neighborliness is two things. One is that you be good to your neighbor and the other is you tolerate his indifference and incorrect behavior. That too is part of good neighborliness. Now that is a neighbor, somebody living under the same roof. So now the person who has, we are far from the reality of it, but he has just at least that understanding that this is what I have to try to achieve. He's hoping to get there, making some effort has that aspiration. So now he's going to be trying to be good to others, to deal with them with a good akhlaq. And he's also going to be learning to tolerate somebody's mistakes. Because we're all insan, we're all going to make mistakes. Our problem unfortunately is, neither have we made that commitment that we don't want to cause any taklif to anybody else. Now what is, even after that firm commitment, that Resolution, I am not going to cause taklif to anybody. Due to our weaknesses, we are still going to slip up somewhere. So now that is despite that commitment, despite that firm resolution, despite that determination, due to our weakness, we are going to still slip up. Can we imagine what will be the case when that determination also is not there? When that commitment also is not there, that I don't want to give anybody taklif. So with that determination, we're going to slip up still. Without that determination, then it won't even bother us that we're giving anybody taklif. So now one is that determination not to give anybody taklif. And the other is the determination to be tolerant. Now despite the determination, sometimes it's going to spill over. 
will tolerate, tolerate, sometimes pull over. When you pull over? But after a good deal of tolerance, because we are determined to be tolerant. So there will be a bigger capacity for tolerance. But if that determination also is not there, there isn't even the thought, now that's unfortunately generally the situation. Neither is there the determin- determination to be adopting the best akhlaq, and no determination to be tolerant. So then the end result is obvious. That is like bringing fire and petrol together. Whose fire and whose petrol Allah knows. Everybody is fire and petrol at the same time. So, in the day-to-day issues, everything, small things, spark off big problems. Now, all this long discussion that we've had, this is what the Elijah is giving. That often all this happens due to that intense interaction. If people have that space, now something happened to they gone in, they gone in their own spaces, but the next day they calm down, everything comes right, people carry on with life. But now things are on the turn all the time, everything in the face of one another the whole day and night, and they are not part of that same unit, immediate unit, and this starts becoming problematic. So this is what the message is giving, that this should be avoided. Different families under the same roof. As mentioned, sometimes circumstances just don't give any other option. But then, then this lesson of mu'asharat and this lesson of, lesson of akhlaq, this has to become part of the daily reminder. Like a person now eats to stay alive, if he doesn't eat, he's not going to get weak. This daily reminder and this targheeb and this encouragement to one and all through the talim and through general discussion of the importance of akhlaq the rewards of akhlaq and when a person considers it in all these contexts then it becomes very much more easier to understand the meaning of the hadith sharif that akmalul mu'minina imanan ahsanuhum khuluqa that is very easy in the masjid mashallah smile at everybody and greet the person nicely and even ask him anything I can do for you remember I'm just a call away at home they're calling us over and over again we're not there I'm telling everybody else outside the masjid in the whole world we're telling them I'm just a call away and at home they're complaining calling him the whole day he's not coming he's not responding so now then the call away what that meant it's just words it's lip service because those who need us our parents are calling our families are calling sometimes the children are calling children saying they want some time the wives are saying but he's saying no he's on the call all the time he's got no time to respond to our call He's non-stop on the call. And he's non-stop on the... Once upon a time, women were on the pill. Now they say the husband was full-time on the tablet. <laughs> so now, the end result, that was ruining their physical health. This is ruining the spiritual health. So now, that determination <coughs> for the akhlaq is very easy in the masjid to be very good to everybody, mashallah, out there in the world. But in this context, Nabi The believer with the most perfect iman. Can we imagine what is being stated? The takmil of iman. Everything else is nothing. Forget any comparison. Cannot come. There's no comparison to iman. Now we're talking about the perfection of iman. 
Nabi Islam is saying the person with the most perfect iman is the person who has the best akhlaq. Now when we think about it in all these contexts and when this, this intense interaction and how people, many a person mashallah, they will relate about their tasbihat, their wazaif, excellent mashallah, Allah Ta'ala give even more tawfiq. Mashallah, waking up for tahajjud, alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah. And doing this, doing that, excellent. None of these things should be ever decreased. But none of these things are going to perfect our iman if the akhlaq is lacking. We can't tolerate somebody's one word. We can't digest some little bit, have some sabr on things. We are not prepared to humble ourselves. We can't have that compassion and forgiveness for other people's mistakes. We are unable to deal with others with that good character. Good character is not just smiling and saying greeting nicely and please and thank you. That is part of essential etiquette. That is etiquette. It also should be in a person's life. Akhlaq is way beyond that. Akhlaq is learning how to suppress one's own rights, one's desires and fulfill the needs of others. And it goes beyond that. Suppressing one's needs for the comfort of others. One is generosity. Sakhawa. Sakhawat is generosity. There's something beyond Sakhawat, which is called Ithar. Sakhawat is, person got one million and he gave somebody 10,000. MashaAllah, that too is very generous. And he'll get very greatly rewarded for it. But he still got 990,000 for himself. But MashaAllah, that was generosity. But now the person got two rand. And somebody is saying, I'm starving, I didn't have anything to eat. Okay, you keep this two rand for yourself. I just had something already. That person will get rewarded for his 10,000 rands. But the reward of this person's isar may well go beyond that person's reward. Because the qurbani and the sacrifice this person has made is far greater. Now obviously, this too is part of akhlaq. The very high level of akhlaq. But now when this jazba is there, that to the extent I can, maybe we can't give a meal to somebody and starve, but we can give somebody first preference in things that don't really matter to us. Put the person forward, doesn't matter. And sometimes it's just a matter of in day-to-day life, it might be in the context of living as a family, extended family, in some things of maybe in the business world, among friends, among colleagues. Sometimes, it's probably not a nice way to say it, but it's just a matter of learning how to say, give the next person the show. Let him take the limelight. Let him get the praises. Grandparents want to praise somebody, parents want to praise some. Okay, let him take the praise. Let that brother-in-law, or let that sister-in-law, let them take the praise. No, man. Let alone forget brother and sister. But the person has that jazba, doesn't matter. And if it's the opposite, I must be in the limelight. I must look like the hero all the time. I must be number one. But now in order to be number one, if that's not working out in some straightforward way, I'm going to have to drop some sarcastic comment somewhere. I'm going to have to make some negative remarks about somebody in some way or the other. 
I'm going to have to drop some line somewhere that's going to leave somebody looking a little bit out of place. Because otherwise, how else am I going to become number one? Now, if that is the manner in which a person is going to conduct himself, then how is there going to be ever that peace and that sukoon in that home, in that extended family? So now, this is that lesson that Hazrat is giving, just as we started off right at the beginning, that sometimes these are just one lines. They give it in one line, but the depth of that line we can never finish off, maybe in days or months. Because it's that experience of so many things that has been encompassed in one life. Now sometimes we will look at it very in a very surface level and we might start having some doubts about it also, some objections on it, because we haven't seen what goes behind that understanding. What brought about this whole summary of this one line? So, any case, what some of the things are just digressions, but what we are talking about is that advice often given to people now, mashallah, you got your daughter married, you got your son married. Mashallah, you keep them, keep guiding them, keep giving them the direction in things. But then don't get directly involved in all these minor issues. They'll make mistakes. They'll make mistakes, they'll learn from their mistakes. Provided those mistakes are not something that goes beyond certain limits, obviously. Obviously, it mustn't be something that's harming their deen or it's going to become a big problem for them in dunya, then you're going to have to now maybe, if they're not understanding, take some further step. But in general, day-to-day things, then we give everybody their space. This is the message that has been given in this Malfus. So, this is the mean, meaning of all what we have said right in the beginning, that this Islah is not confined to just some few things only, it goes into every aspect of life learning about the correct mu'amalat, the correct mu'asharat, keeping the limits in everything, not becoming a burden on anybody, becoming overbearing on anyone, not becoming a means of some taklif to anybody. All these are the things that are taught to us in this line of Islam and tasawuf. This is the meaning of tazkiyah, tazkiyatul qulub, rectifying the heart. The rectification of the heart. Why the heart? Because the heart is king. If the heart is rectified, this is the seat of everything. If this has been rectified in terms of amal, because the heart has been made tazkiyah of, it will very easily move towards righteous amal. Because it's light now. It's filled with nur. أَفَمَنْ شَرَحَ اللَّهُ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ فَهُوَ عَلَىٰ نُورٍ مِّنْ رَبِّهِ The sharh sadr is another word for the same tazkiyah. But aflaha ban zakkaha. The person who has made tazkiyah of this heart, he is successful. And Allah Ta'ala says, Afman sharah Allahu sadrahu lil-Islam. The sharhu sadr. This is the same concept that is being explained, which is explained in tazkiyah. Allah Ta'ala says, the person who has achieved the sharhu sadr, fahuwa ala nurim mir rabbi. He has, his heart is filled with this nur from his, from his rabbi. Now the heart is filled with light, with nur. It will very easily move towards nurani amal. Towards amal of nur, towards salah, towards tilawat, towards zikr, towards dua, towards serving deen, towards making the khidmat of people, towards anything that is taking a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. Because all these things are filled with nur. So now because there is nur in the heart, the shahi sadar, the tazkiyah, he moves very easily towards that light. 
and fawaynul lilqasiyati qulubuhum min dhikrillah and if that heart has become hardened from the remembrance of allah taala it's filled with darkness now now it goes very easily towards things of darkness towards vice towards sin and very hard to go towards righteousness ومن يريد الله ان يهديه يشرح صدره للاسلام ومن يريد ان يضله يجعل صدره ضيقا حرجا كانما يصعد في السماء his heart becomes very narrowed and straightened constricted now to do any good thing any good work is like climbing a mountain climbing up very difficult why because his light has gone out of the heart so now his ibadat becomes very difficult if that shara sadr is not there the tazkiyah is not there and tazkiyah is there very easy to move in the right direction likewise the tazkiyah is there very easy to adopt the right akhlaq very easy to implement the correct muasharat the correct maamalat but tazkiyah is missing then he's scoring points looking for every opportunity to score points doesn't matter now whose points is deducting to steal the points for himself because that akhlaq now is a distant thing the tazkiyah is not there and likewise that muamalat that muasharat everything will be in a negative spiral allah taala give us a tawfeeq allah taala bless us with the reality of this tazkiyah the reality of this sharh as-sadr allah taala fill our hearts with that nur of iman and make us among those who are his true and obedient servants and who have achieved this connection with him at all times allah tabaarak wa taala bless one and all wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahirabbil alamin